0: Are you okay? Don't care. Don't. Great. Bring on the bubbly. On the bubbly. The bubbly. Babe. <laughs> Buongiorno, podsters. Welcome back to the show. This is Teenie, and this is another episode of Are You Okay, the podcast where we unpack why nobody is okay, including myself, and including you. That's right, you long-time listener, you new listener, you podster you. You are not fucking okay, and that's why you're here. Podsters. I'm doing a solo episode today. What? I'm actually drinking what I like to think is a Cosmo martini, but in fact not really that. Um, for those of you that don't know, a Cosmo recipe is simply an ounce and a half. Get your notepads out, everyone. Pull over, take note. An ounce and a half of citron vodka, like lemon vodka. Half an ounce of Cointreau or triple sex. Triple sex? Oh my God. Sex on the mind should I restart? No, I'm going to keep going because Lord help me. Um, half, uh, the juice of one lime. That's what I tried to say. And then an ounce of cranberry juice shaken, shakety shake, shake it up and serve it. But I did not have citron vodka. I only have Tito's. And I don't have Quattro. So here we are. It's essentially vodka with a splash of crayon. Great. That's what I'm drinking tonight. I'm flying solo, except for at the end of the episode, I have my dear friend Jill joining me, Jillian Zakia. Welcome to the podcast. Because she was my Instagram giveaway winner. She is winning the first ever, wow, I hate myself, <laughs> the first ever exclusive Are You Okay Tote Bag. And she's quite the environmentalist like myself, so I know that bitch is going to bring it to the grocery store. She's also winning a candle set from Luna Flambeau, which is a local hand-poured soy candle business here in Toronto. And she's winning a reading with Miss Layla Metaphysical herself, okay? Miss Layla has been on the podcast. Please refer to episode. I'm looking it up right now, even though I know she's the... Episode. Hold up. Hold up. Please hold. I swear I'm organized. I have all of my notes in front of me. We have Layla. Oh, yes. The Basic Witch and Her Bitch featuring Miss Layla, episode 11. All right. If you want to know what Miss Layla is all about, she is my psychic bestie. And so Jill won a reading with her, and then Jill also won the opportunity to come on the show and ask me anything in the world that she wants the answer to. So we're going to get to that. But before we get to that, we've got questions. I took to good old Instagram and asked the podsters, what do you want to know? Ask me anything. And I've narrowed it down to eight questions because Lord knows I like to ramble. And before we get into that, I do want to mention that, um, Kelly G, my transformational life coach guest that came on last week and fucking whipped our asses into high gear and we dove deep into manifestation and like the deeper layers of what that means because it is quite the trendy term nowadays check out her fucking website my gosh she has got all these free blogs and free guidebooks that you can download and have emailed to you and it's super super helpful and I wish I mentioned it last week and I didn't so go check that out so you can level yourself the fuck up because we just don't have time to be mediocre okay and the theme of season three is truth la vérité okay en français la vérité My truth, your truth, and the truth of my guests. So in order to get to my truth, we've got to unpack a little bit. We've got to hear about my embarrassing stories. We've got to hear about when I cried the most in my life, etc., etc. So we're going to dive deep into those questions. But I kind of have to get something off my chest, okay? The truth, my truth at the moment is that I am searching for car insurance. Teeny what do you mean? You have a car, you've got car insurance. Why are you looking for car insurance? Well, podsters and blue Yeti nano microphone and all of the clothing in this closet, if you must know, I was dropped by my insurance company. Go fuck yourself, hub. I hate you. Actually, I love you because you gave me a great price in the first place, but I hate you now because you have dropped me. I am considered a high risk driver. Hilarious. Like I don't have a DUI. I haven't been in a slew of accidents. I literally have two charges. Okay? Hear me out. Hear me out. I've got a handheld device distracted driving charge from 2020, like March 2020. Now, before you come at me and assume that I was fucking texting or calling, I was actually Google Mapsing out a light during my dog walking job at the time, where to drop Mason, the fucking good shepherd off. Okay. I was Google mapsing a location for the dog that I was walking. And this cop had no remorse, wrote me a ticket. And what I did not realize at the time is that a handheld device distracted driving charge was just like upped to a major conviction in 2020 so I lost my license for three days whoop de doo which I didn't even realize was going to happen until it happened I got a $600 ticket and three demerit points so this was way before I purchased my car but it happened and it sucked and it blew and I was like are you fucking kidding me so that's on my record and then the first week that I purchased my car <laughs> I drove to Montreal like the psychopath that I am and got a speeding ticket Great. We love it. So Aviva Hub International has assessed me as a driver and they're not renewing my insurance. So at the moment, my broker is quoting me like $475 a month for car insurance. It is absurd. Okay. I'm having like a bit of a meltdown over it because I'm spending way more money than the car is even worth, okay, I drive a 2017 shadow. I'm not driving a shitbox, but I'm just saying, like, this is absurd, like, the amount of spending on insurance, so I'm shopping around, and I managed to speak to an insurance broker off the record, somebody that would not be able to insure me in the first place, because she loved, she reminded me that uh, nobody will touch me, is what she said, with those charges, um, Ma'am, did I fucking murder someone? Like what is going on? And the piece of advice that she gave me was that people will always take you for a ride and you must always fight your tickets. I like kind of knew this, but I was pretty naive when I purchased my car. I'm I'm not a naive person by any means when it comes to certain things. But things that I'm not super knowledgeable about, which is like, hi, I've been taking the TTC since I moved to Toronto. Like, I don't need to worry about a car until this past year. And it's just like a bunch of shit went over my head. I'm not proud of it. But this is a fucking warning for the podsters, okay? Do your homework. Fight those tickets, okay? It is just not worth spending. $475 $475 fucking dollars on insurance because you didn't have the cute little phone holder in your shitty car, okay? Um, so that's where I'm at. That's my truth. And I really wanted to rant about it. And I really wanted to share with the positors that you need to fight those tickets. The worst thing that can happen is that the cop shows up and you pay it. The best thing that can happen, which happens all the time, is that he doesn't show. And I'm saying he because it was a (sighs) he. Very frustrating stuff. Um, But it's my reality. And it's time for me to take responsibility for my own naivete and my own bullshit. We are responsible for our own happiness. And we are responsible for all of the choices that we make. It was my job to do my homework. And I didn't. So here we are. This is a cry for help. If you think you can help me when it comes to my car insurance, please, please let me know. Because I really don't feel... Like spending four gorgeous dinners out in Toronto a month on car insurance. Rant done. Holy shit. That's my truth at the moment. So let's get into it, Podsters. Let's get to the questions. Cheers. (coughs) Question number one. If you could eat one thing for the rest of your life, what would it be? gotta love it. Um, I love to eat. This goes without saying I live to eat. I like variety. I love variety. For example, when I worked on the cruise ship, I hated eating in the crew mess because I just felt like there was no variety. I'm also a bougie bougie, bougie ass bitch when it comes to food, so everyone knows I love cheese. I truly can't live without it, even if my acne tells me otherwise. And if I had to pick, it would be a charcuterie board because there's variety there, right? Trick, trick answer, trick answer, podsters. I choose charcuterie boards because charcuterie means like cured meat, cheese, olives, pickles, nuts, jams, berries, fruit, all that stuff. I choose charcuterie board. Okay, try me, try me with the next question. Okay. How many tattoos do you have? I always see the little X on your wrist in your Instagram stories. <laughs> I actually have four tattoos, which is crazy because they're not really visible. So people don't really know that. And I also only started getting tatted like in my mid-20s about five years ago. So I'm like in my mid-20s. I sound like a... <laughs> I hate that. In my mid-20s... So my first tattoo is actually on my right foot, and it's Be the Ball Danny, and it's a matching tattoo with my mom, and it's a line from the movie Caddyshack. Uh, It was my mom's idea. It's the line that she says to me. All the time, 24-7 for auditions, for pep talks, for anything. My mom was always like, be the ball, Danny. And so we decided to get matching tattoos. We were both going through a really hard time. And we went on vacation to St. Lucia. And on our way home, we had a layover in Miami. So we booked tattoos at Miami, Inc. Drumroll, please. It was actually not that exciting because nobody was there. And we just walked in and got tatted in 15 minutes and left. Got hammered, went to the airport, had the time of our lives. Love the tattoo. Love you, mom. For those of you that want to meet my insane mother, please refer to episode two where she joins me on the podcast. My second tattoo is actually another matching tattoo with my best friend Tanya, who um, I talk about. In my question with Jill that's coming up at the end of the episode. No, what a spoiler alert. Um, and essentially it's I'll keep you wild. And she has I'll keep you safe. And it's on my left like rib. And it's because we're polar opposites. We're best friends. We always have been. And we are tatted for life. I'll keep you wild because I'm a wild motherfucker. Um, my third tattoo is the little X that um, this question is referring to. And Jillian... Who's joining me on the podcast later with her question. Um, We got these tattoos in Vegas during her bachelorette party. Um, So we all went to Vegas for her bachelorette. And we all got XOXOXO group tattoo to commemorate our friendship and commemorate our trip to Vegas and the bachelorette party. Um, And then my fourth tattoo is actually a little wave super cliche on my left foot like on the inside of my left foot and it's to represent all the time that I spent at sea working on ships and I absolutely fucking love the ocean Toronto where is the ocean we need the ocean here that lake just ain't cutting it for me I love water and that's why I got that tattoo okay gorgeous next (sighs) What is the time in your life when you cried the most? Jesus. Um, don't say the Lord's name. in vain. I, uh, yeah, this is definitely during my really, my first really serious breakup. I cried for like months. What felt like months. My mom always says I called her crying every single day after it happened for like, I think 40 something days. And the first day that I did not call her crying was when all my girlfriends from Montreal, because I'm born and raised in Montreal, for those of you that don't know, came to Toronto for my 24th birthday. One of them being Jillian, who's joining me at the end of this episode. While I keep saying that, are you drunk, teeny? Um, Probably. They came to Toronto for my 24th birthday. And that was the first day that I had not cried since that breakup. My tear doc ducks got quite the workout i cried so much i cried for a lifetime and it was really hard i was heartbroken and that's it that's all you gotta cry it out looking back insane what is your most embarrassing story so i had to think about this a little bit because i it's rare that i get embarrassed especially now because like don't care about anything but I definitely had my moments growing up and, of course, in high school. So there's like three parts to this most embarrassing story. So let me get into it. I was flat chested up until like, I'm not even kidding, podsters, 18 or 19 when I started taking the pill. Thank you, doc. And um, it was hard. Like I remember laying awake at night in my room praying for tits. I would literally pray to God for boobs and clear skin. I've always struggled with my skin. I started getting acne at like 14. So I used to pray for clear skin and boobs. First world problems, anyone? I'm dead. Um, so in grade six. So in Quebec, where I grew up, you graduate in grade six from like ha- from elementary or primary school. And then you go to high school from grade seven to 11. So in grade six. Most of the girls had boobs. Most of them were developing. I was not. And you remember how the boys loved to go around and pull on everyone's bra straps. The back. Like the little, the little clasps. They used to love to like snap your bra. And so the boys, of course, were going around doing that. Sexual harassment, anyone? But anyways. They were going around doing that. And then they got to me and there was just nothing to grab. There was no bra to grab because Teeny fucking Lewis was not wearing a bra at the age of 12. Um, Because I didn't have boobies to put in the bra. So he snapped my shirt, grabbed nothing. I'm not really sure. And then he was like, oh my God, Teeny doesn't even wear a bra. She doesn't own a bra. Ha, ha, ha. That takes me to the next part of my story. I'm now in high school. And I'm in grade seven in my homeroom. And I'm obsessed with this boy that's sitting next to me. He was like this skater boy that I had a massive crush on for like most of high school. Um, Which is just fucking hilarious now because I'm pretty sure he's like a loser and missing a finger. But that is besides the point. And so he thought it would be funny in front of the entire class to start calling me. Wait for it. Vladimir Guerrero. For those of you that don't know Montreal used to have a baseball team called the Expos and their star player's name was Vladimir Guerrero and this little fucker thought it would be funny to call me Vladimir Guerrero. Thanks pal. Everyone loved it. Everyone thought it was so funny. Teeny's flat, now we're going to call her Vladimir Guerrero, which takes me to the final part of my most embarrassing story, the catalyst, if you will. A month later, in grade seven, it was Halloween, and I absolutely love Halloween. I went all out for my costume. It was like my first Halloween in high school, and I dressed up as Foxy Cleopatra, this disco ball queen, if you will. I had a wig. I had these big disco ball earrings. My friend's mom literally made me these like flashy glitter pants. I remember we went out to pick out the fabric. I went all out. I was so excited. I was so proud. And I showed up to school in my costume. And my home room had nominated me to enter the middle school costume contest the costume contest for all grades seven and eights and so i was representing my cat my class because i had the best costume in the class and so the costume contest was at lunch and i went to lunch and i went to the lounge where they were doing the costume contest and they had all of us go up on stage one by one to kind of introduce ourselves and introduce our costumes and everyone loved it people were laughing and then we all got to like step off stage and then we all like the judges like deliberated i think not really sure what happened but i just remember being on stage and then not being on stage in the crowd and then they were like okay let's have our two men's up on stage Now, do you remember back in the day, or still, sadly, when boys thought it was, like, hilarious to dress up as girls for Halloween? They, like, thought that was this super fucking clever costume. Newsflash, it's never been clever. And also, using the term she-man is pretty fucked up in itself, but that's what they said at the time the hosts of the costume contest and so this boy who was dressed up as a girl ran up on stage to take his moment and then everybody else turned and looked at me and they were like you're you 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 go up and it's funny because I wasn't like it's not like I didn't have friends there I don't know why I was like flying solo for whatever reason but A lot of the people didn't recognize that it was me, like, teeny. And a lot of the people there were in the grade above me. And so they literally thought I was a boy dressed up as a girl. And they, like, all pushed me on stage. And it was, like... Me and this other guy dressed as a girl and they were calling us the she-mans and they were like, who wins? Who wins out of the she-mans? And they had me like do a little spin, a little walk. And I just remember being like, it's like I was having an out of body experience because no part of me wanted to like announce that I was a girl and, and like humiliate myself. It's because I literally didn't have boobs, guys. I, I was flat as a board and there was no hiding it. But it's not like I stuffed my bra either to like pretend I had them. So I don't know why they thought I was a boy. Okay. They just thought I was a boy. And (laughs) I was fucking mortified. Mortified. I remember stepping off stage while they like deliberated after the two of us went up there. And I just remember wanting to disappear. And I did disappear. Like I managed to like slither away. And finish off my lunch hour and just kind of remove myself from the costume contest and then that night when I went trick-or-treating with my friends I went to this grade 8 boy's house and he literally was like there's the she-man and that is my most embarrassing story so sad kids are mean boys are mean um it's funny looking back, but it's actually, like, pretty traumatizing if you think about it. Great. Owning my shit on the podcast. What else is new? Okay. Let's move on, podsters. Where do you see yourself in five years? Wow. Loaded question. And I also put a little bit of thought into this. And before I say that I think I will be here in five years and I want to be here in five years, I'm actually going to use the words I am because I'm going to use this as a manifestation exercise and you should do the same. We need to act and believe as if it's already happening or happened. Okay? We need to believe this to be our truth. So in five years, I am going to be a homeowner. In five years, I'm going to be married. In five years, I'm going to be a successful podcaster, a successful actor that works in TV and film, and I am going to be healthy and happy. Boom! That is my motherfucking truth. Take it or leave it and do the same, podsters. Do not wait on this. Write it down. Think it. Manifest it and believe it to be true. Next question. Comes from my boyfriend. Why are you a lamb? he asks. (sighs) I think it's about time I share with the podsters that my pet name for my partner is Daddy Lamb, and his pet name for me is Little Lamb. And we refer to each other as lambs. Hilarious, right? Disgusting, I know. And so the backstory here is that during our first Christmas together, I had like fallen asleep. We were like cuddling on the couch. I can't really remember where we were, but my mom was like calling us for dinner and I was super, super tired and he woke me up. And I remember just looking at him and being like, I'm a tired little lamb. You can cancel me now. Okay. I'm a tired little lamb. And from that moment on, we literally referred to each other as lambs for our first Valentine's day together. He got sweaters made for us with this like lamb emoji kind of google image that we always send each other and his sweater says daddy lamb mine says little lamb we wear them to the airport when we travel together and people stare and roll their eyes and cover their children's eyes as well cool love you babe question number seven comes from my sick sick friend mark yes i'm putting you on blast because he had the audacity to ask me Does Raph, oh my God, my boyfriend is going to kill me, provide good aftercare? Aftercare in reference to sexual intercourse is what I'm assuming Mark is leaning towards. And yes, Mark, he does take good care of me after the deed is done. You're welcome. And on the topic of sex that takes me to my final question. What is your favorite vibrator and why? Love, love that I was asked this question. It's been a minute since we talked about the dirty. I shouldn't call it the dirty. It's not the dirty. It's part of life. Everybody has sex. We are here because sex happened. Um, when it comes to vibrators, I'm not a huge fan of like internal stimulation. I enjoy internal stimulation, but when it comes to vibrators, I prefer just clitoral. Sure, you can like move it around all over the place, but I don't need like the G-spot stimulator and I don't need the little bunny to go at me. I just need and love a good old-fashioned wand, not the jumbo wand from the 80s that needs to be plugged into the wall and looks like you're going to, like, take a house down with it. Um, the handheld wand that's smaller, I'd say it's, like, you know, if it's in your hand, they either are, like, battery-operated. Mine is rechargeable. It is from Wand Mates. So just look up Wand Mates and you'll see it. Um, and it's hot pink, which I love and it's waterproof. It has all of these settings, but essentially it's just for clitoral stimulation. And that's what I love. It's super easy to travel with because Lord knows this bitch does long distance and it's super easy to incorporate in the bedroom as well. And it's smooth and it's fun and it's sexy and we need to all embrace our sexuality and understand that we are sexual beings who deserve to be pleasured. End of story. So that... That wraps up, wow, I just punched, (laughs) I just punched this closet organizer. Yes, I'm still in my closet, okay? This bitch does not have her own studio just yet. So cheers to that. Cheers to all these awesome questions. Thank you, Podsters, for asking them. And now it's time to meet Jillian, my giveaway winner, where she is going to ask me anything she wants, baby. Let's do it okay podsters i have my giveaway winner with me my dear friend jillian hi jill welcome to the podcast hello teeny so jill and i go way back we're talking like kids dance days high school she was our valedictorian she's also an artist a writer very very talented and so like i said we go way back she won the giveaway So Podsters, Jill has the opportunity to ask me anything. Take it away, Jill. Oh, well, thank you, Teenie. So
1: I was debating if I wanted to ask a question artist to artist, but I feel like you've already covered so many really interesting in-depth ideas around your career. So instead, I want to ask about... uh, (laughs) 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 No, don't worry. We are part of the same girl gang. We have been friends for over 15 years. So I have to ask, Tini, you are the queen of friendships. Our group is mixed with people who have interests all over the place. Yet our friendships have stood the test of time, stood the test of different countries, continents, everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, So my question is, what do you think
0: holds your friendships together? Ooh, that's a great question, Jill. And I'm glad you bring it up because I do, I have to be honest, I often feel overwhelmed by my relationships in my life because I am such a, uh, I thrive on that. And that's like who I am is to be connected to people. And sometimes I ask myself, I'm like, what is it that that keeps this, that is the glue with these friendships? And like the first, first thing that's coming to mind, babe, is communication. I don't necessarily believe in it's a two-way street. (laughs) <laughs> because there's, because there's a lot of friends out there who, you know, those those people that are like, yeah, but they never call, but they're still a friend. Uh-huh. But then we love to just blame those people. Well, they never call and they never, they never text. And it's always me. And it's like, well, sometimes that's what the relationship is. Right. And I just feel like I'm really good at checking in and I communicate really well. And so do my friends. Like if I'm checking in, they're always checking back in with me. And yeah, I just think it's like, a little text every now and then even me and you like we got on this call and like we just started talking about shit we haven't talked about in years like really deep shit and it's like that's communication right we're both open books too we're both <laughs> so direct we don't hide
1: anything like we can pick up wherever we left off years later when I saw you at dinner I legit felt like I'd seen you like two weeks earlier it that's, was I couldn't fathom it had been two years since I didn't see your face because we it are had been
0: two years mm-hmm. and, and Argo two- hears your
1: voice with all your voice notes like I'm sure I you would recognize your voice when uh, when you meet him so
0: well that's a thing too so Jill has a son that I have never met guys and it's like crazy to me because she obviously lives in Montreal and I live here and Toronto and you know, we went to dinner because I was in town for one night. Obviously she's not, well, she could have easily brought Arthur, let's be real, but no, that wasn't the vibe. <laughs> so it's like, you wanted to have a night out. And it's like, to think that you had this gorgeous, by the way, offspring living out there, but it's, at the end of the day, it's like maintaining that relationship with you and knowing that like, even though I haven't met your child, I love him and he's a part of our relationship too. And it's like, that's why I love voice notes. So if I can give anyone advice with this question, Podsters is like, sometimes setting a voice note is so much more personable than a text.
1: Mm -hmm. I love your voice notes. They're absolutely epic. And my husband Fred loves them too. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think that's a good answer or what? Oh no, absolutely. But I wanted to touch too, because you have so many, as you said before, it can be almost overwhelming how many friends you have from all different, um almost like points in your life you collect these best friends from all that's it it's
0: like what I do for a living too right I'm constantly Mm -hmm. meeting new people so your best friends are so different
1: from one another so different from you like take you in 10 like the fact that you guys are essentially soulmates as human beings but are two polar opposites like how does that even happen and withstand 20 years and all these moves and all these changes.
0: Okay. Well, I'm actually glad you asked that Jill. So it'll piggyback on my answer a little bit and I'll give a little backstory for the podsters. Tanya is my longest, oldest, dearest friend. Like we are best friends. Like you said, soulmates. We met when we were what? Nine, eight years old. (laughs) And we didn't even like each other then. And it's like, you're exactly right. She is fully wifed up, has a baby, like has a she works in childcare. She's not an artist, is on the quieter side. A I'm body like her. Exactly. She's a homebody. Exactly. I'm not. Like, how does that work? Well, I think obviously, I like I said, communication, obviously, there's so much history there, but it's also understanding that things change. You know, a lot of people will harp on their friends for, like, not going out anymore or, like, changing in a certain aspect of their life. And it's like, you that has nothing to do with you. If your friend decides to make a lifestyle change and it fucking viscerally upsets you, then you need to look inward. Like, if, you're, if your best friend says, I'm not going to drink anymore and that pisses you off and upsets you, you need to look inward. Mm-hmm. Right. And that is such an interesting point to make. And I'm glad you asked that because now we're really going deep. But it's like she's having a baby. She's, you know, doing something completely different with her life. That is not a reflection of me or our relationship. It is our job to change, not just evolve. It's simply like evolving and communicating and knowing that like people are in your life for a season or a reason is that the saying a season or a reason? Okay. I hadn't heard that before, but it- no, sorry, sorry, sorry. A lifetime, a season or a reason I'm fucking it up. But like, there's a saying <laughs> out there that's like, you know, they're either in your life forever or they're in your life for like a little bit. And there's okay. nothing wrong with that.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I right. just thinking about some of the random friendships that I had in elementary school. It was like every year I had a different best friend and we would take pictures at the school dances and there'd be like one random person in the photo. Oh, that was Jill's best friend in grade four. Like never <laughs> saw her again, just disappeared off the face of the earth. But thank God I was lucky enough to get you girls as my foundation that no matter where I went, no matter how crazy life got for me, I always had like we are so ridiculously loyal and dependable birthday party you guys are fucking there like Christmas exchange bitch send me your list like we are always always there when we need each other we're there just to have fun it's it's crazy I honestly think that we have the best group of friends I've ever ever encountered
0: Cheers to that, babe. I absolutely love that. And you're so right because, in a sense, it is a commitment, too, right? You're committing to making this relationship work and this friendship work. And it doesn't have to, it really doesn't. But if you want it to work, you need to maintain it, you need to communicate, and you need to put the time in. End of Mm -hmm. fucking story. Thank you so much for that question. And Jill's a very talented writer and she's quite the reader as well. So I wanted you to plug your Instagram before you before you take
1: (laughs) off oh man okay so I have a reading Instagram which is a bookstagram essentially I'll read books um, most of the time with friends that I've met online and we'll read books together then we'll post our reviews of them there's also challenges which is really cool you can collect however many books you have in your library stack them up and then uh, either if it's color coordinated or thematic you can use those photos to raise money for certain causes it could be let's say a stack for ms and you've got all like green and blue books or something so it can be really interesting and motivational and the community is just the absolute coolest that i've met because there's no there's no bullshit. There's no trolls. Everybody's supportive. Everybody is very reflective of my current situation as well. It's a lot of young moms. I started when I was on that leave. So there's a lot of people who are either working from home, they're doing, I don't know, homeschool with their kids. And so books have become the focal point of their lives and their
0: family, which is great. So yeah. we- So what's it called? What is the Instagram? So people can go. All right. So I'm I read everything on my Kindle. So it's Kindle dot Love it. Thanks for sharing that with the podsters, Jill. Because it is a fascinating side of yourself. And thank you so much for joining the giveaway. And congrats that you got to come on the podcast.
1: I know, I love it. I'm so excited. Ugh, winning things is very, very satisfying. That's another cool thing about Bookstagram as well. They constantly have giveaways, and I feel like I've just been winning, winning,
0: winning. Like I'm on a
1: lucky streak. So this you're is great.
0: manifesting those wins, Jill. Mm, thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for joining me. Free vacation next. (laughs) (laughs) Please do. Thanks for joining me, babe. Love you. Thanks, teeny. All right, all right, all right. That's it for today's episode, Podsters. Thank you so much for joining me on what was an adventure where I just hung myself out to dry, owned my shit, and spoke my truth, which is exactly what you need to do. Set those boundaries, speak your truth, open up that heart chakra, because there is just no more time for mediocrity, and there is no time to filter ourselves, okay? Seriously, I feel like I'm really trying to drive that home every episode, and I hope that I am, and I hope it's ringing true, truth, la vérité, with you. Thank you so much, Jill, for joining me and asking me such a fun question surrounding friendship friends are the family that you choose. I hope you choose some fucking good ones like I have. Not good ones, but stellar ones. Okay. I love you all. Thank you so much for supporting my show. Thank you for being a podster. Do not forget to follow, subscribe, rate, and review my show. It really helps me out and stay tuned for next week i've got quite the exciting guest planned